we one of the topics that came up was uh, 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 one of the people in the one of the members in the mastermind. They brought up they have a rental portfolio. They have all that, and they're kind of looking at what their next step in life is. Right? What is that next? Thing look like they want to be very passive they want to do all this and it brought up a very interesting question for me because it's something that i've always been thinking about you reach financial freedom right what is financial freedom by the definition is that you know pretty much that you're at a point where you no longer have to work and your cash flow your investments your whatever assets outweigh your liabilities and it takes care of any any liabilities that you have you know rich dad poor dad one-on-one what does that look like, though, moving forward? You hit financial freedom. What does the next decade or two or three or four, whenever you hit financial freedom, what does that look like? Because that, like one thing that I brought up to them was that, yeah, you have right now, you've hit financial freedom. But there's going to be a point that those properties that you have, that cash flow, that income, is going to kind of hit a point of like diminishing returns, right? A house gets much older, starts deteriorating. It starts getting to a point where it's like, Man, it's not really producing anymore. So now you're kind of like pulled off the bench again, having to reassess your investments and modify your investments and maybe sell off some and have to jump into something else to keep that level of financial freedom. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. So that was one of the curiosities that I wanted to kind of talk to you about is like, what do you look at that? Like you hit financial freedom. How do you make sure that that financial freedom stays over the coming decades? You understand? Like, what, what do you feel is the adequate thing? Because they can't go completely passive, right? Because then at some point, they're going to have to do something with that real estate. And if they've been out of the market for years, it's going to be, I think, much harder to do. So, like, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I guess it, it's, it's all... Depends on the person too, to where it's like real estate is not a passive. I mean, it can be fairly passive, but it's not like they it, like it's as passive as just putting it all in the market, stock market diversified, or handing it over to a financial planner. It's like, hey, just manage this. I just want to draw from it, kind of like a retirement account is. Um, to where I don't know. It, it just it, it depends Did on each I person. Stomp you? Well, no, it's just like like what it's like. I'm trying to think of like a general way to look at it. It's like it's whatever's comfortable to that person, right? And you made the comment of like, I, I don't know what all your exact question is to a little bit of like, what does financial look like for me, or what does it look like for other people? Well, you so okay. Let's get let's give let's put let's put them their situation right. They have enough cash flow right now that they could essentially both retire and live the life that they want. Yeah. And they're good to go. Yeah. For how long? Eventually, indefinitely. Why? 
you don't think that that real estate is ever going to need to be turned over, do something else with? Really? Really? I mean, you take care of it. I mean, you, you made that comment. Like, if they're out of the market for a while and they come back and they don't know what to do, it's like, their skills that got them here, those are lifelong skills. They don't just go away. Yeah, the market changes, but it's also, you still already own the house. You still are generating cash flow. And knowing those two is like, they're not going to run out to where like, oh my God, I can't repair my houses. I need to sell them all. Like, I don't think it's ever going to get to that point either. So I, to where I, I think it's it goes back to where yeah. several people like, you got to have a better place to put the cash. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I could sell this thing, but I don't even understand this market anymore. I can't find deals anymore. I'm just going to repair what I got and keep it. Yeah. And just repair it and just keep the train going. So like, and then you could equity pay down to really talk about like, do I pay some assets off? Do I leverage up? It all depends on where you want to be to where it's like, they could stop and they could start doing the waterfall effect where it's like, uh, we got an extra 20 grand a year, 30 grand a year. I'm going to dump that into one property, pay it off, increase the cash flow, pay the next one off, increase the cash flow, and move down the chain to where they could simplify their lives instead of having, I don't know how many doors they got, just call it 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 50 doors where it's like, I'm just going to pay off 25 of them, sell the other 25 off, pay the 20 off. My life just got simpler. Selling 50 tenants, I got 25 tenants. However, they want to move it down to. Okay. So it's like, and then they could diversify it to where it's like, you know what? Real estate is still too active. I don't want this many people. I'm going to sell off the 50 down to 25, get the first 25 paid off, the extra cash. I'm going to start moving into a diversified or go to a financial planner and say, I need you to put this into a market and diversify it across asset models or asset different types of asset, but in the financial markets, because that is a passive aspect where it's like that can just generate cash. And you don't have to maintain it because somebody else is doing it. I mean, over time, we can get into different aspects of that. But I think you could do that to where it's like there's all kinds of different things you could do because they have the, that's a part of the name, freedom. They have the freedom to choose what they want to do with it. I don't think if they took 10 years off, they come back, then all of a sudden they're going to lose it all. Yeah. As like, as like they still have the skills. They still know how to real, manage real estate and they still already own all those 50 doors. So, okay. So I, I disagree with you on a lot of, of those points. Yes, I, you do. Of course. I agree with the overall premise, what you said. Like, in, and to summarize a lot of that is you have to stay involved with your investment, even though you want that financial life, that financial freedom life, that uh, passive life, you still got to be involved, right? You still have to pay attention. What is the market doing? What is all this? One thing I disagree is that you say you already have the skills, you can come back later. I disagree, right? Because the market changes and evolves so quickly that we've, we are already seeing investors that have been doing this for 30 plus years. The market has changed so much that they don't know how to invest anymore. Their, their traditional models, they can't find investment properties. They can't find deals. They don't know what the hell to invest in because what they used to do doesn't make sense anymore to do. They need to adapt to the new market. Because they're generating active income by flipping houses and doing owner no, finance. No, no, they're notes doing buying like holds. That. They're doing buying holds. Because they're using the their old models. So exactly. Because they, they want these tw- they want to get all their money back out. Yes. So that's the same, but that's not their But scenario. they were they were out of the market for so long that they come back into the market and they think that they can implement because that same they strategy. Too, because they left too early. They didn't have the cash. Toward these people like they did at they the could, time. They could sell they could sell all their that's what I'm saying. Like you're talking about finding deals. I was like, I'm talking about sustaining your financial freedom, right? Like when you trying to sustain your financial freedom, I believe, like I said, I believe there's a point where properties will have more of a diminishing return as far as you saying like, okay, I should leverage these properties. I should do something. It's like, well, is it worth doing that, or is it more worth getting rid of that? And your, but you're market. talking about maximizing your return. You're not talking about maximizing or maintaining your lifestyle. Well, I don't know what your expenses are going to look like at that point. 
You know what I mean? Like I'm saying like maintaining. You're looking at getting a return on your cash. That's not what they're going after. No, I'm talking about maintaining that quality of life that you have right now. Like, do you, so you feel like with whatever properties they have right now, with the same properties, they will always be able to maintain their quality of life. Yeah, for sure. That's mm-hmm. what real estate does. That's the whole point of real estate is like it, it grows over time and the equity gets paid down. And yeah. then you can always, you can manipulate your equity positions and things like that to where like at scale and a knowledge base that you didn't inherit it, you built it, you know how it works. Like those skills don't go away. Like, yes, you might not be able to find the same type of deals anymore, but if you built your life early, like you're talking about people that left and tried to come back. It's like, well, why? So they didn't have enough cash to maintain the lifestyle from the beginning. They didn't have things built right from the first point. They had too many notes. So all of a sudden all their notes got all paid off and they had all this cash. And it's like, well, shit, now I have, that's why he's like, you went all in on notes and it's like, so what is the right setup then? Or like you're saying they didn't have the right setup. So they had to come back. Yeah. What what does the right setup look like then? I was like, I don't think it's having all notes because then you're going to have a bunch of cat and it's having something that can have a defined endpoint that leaves you holding a bunch of cash and you left for a long time and you tried to go back the same thing. I think that's a bad idea mm-hmm. where you owning property, you're always going to own that property until you sell the thing off to where like when you come back, like you're the owner of it. People always need a place to live. So no matter what the market is doing, unless like a regulation is come in and do this. So that's something you do need to pay attention to. Cause if you go hard left, like New York, Wisconsin, all that, or not Wisconsin, uh, New York and Washington and the East, East and West coast are doing. Yeah. It's like, now that could be a huge problem towards your portfolio. So you can't put your head in the sand for stuff like that. Right. Right. So I think that's where like people like that tried to come back is they don't understand how this market works. It's like, well, why are you coming back trying to do the same things that you were trying to do 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like are the properties you own now, did you over leverage and you took the cash, you mismanaged your portfolios? Like if you own 50 doors, there's no reason that you can't almost, you shouldn't need to buy another house. You could essentially liquidate those and go buy retail if you wanted to and still make them cash flow because right, you right. could pay 50% of it off. You can still get cash flow. It's like the same thing with them. Like they came back as like, mm, I'm going to sell off these older properties and I'm going to go buy a bunch of brand new houses and pay for them all in cash. They're still going to be just fine. They might not be generating the excess amount of cash flow, but that's also why you can't do your financial freedom is like, I need 10 grand and I generated 10 grand. So that's it. I'm financially free. It's like, no, you still got to have a buffer. You still got to have for the contingencies of that because yes, the cash flow might go down, but you need to make sure that you're not doing the American thing of just like living to all of your income and beyond Mm -hmm. where it's like, you need to live below your means where like cash is still pooling or you still are getting access to assets to where you have a pool of cash afterwards because they went. So, so this is good because the reason I push back is for you to clarify those points, right? So one of my points with all of this is that a lot of people have the misconception, and I'm not saying by any means the the people that we're talking about have this concept because they're not like that at all, but they have this this conception of real estate being something like, oh, I invest in it, it becomes passive, and I forget it. I don't even have to think about it. I get a property manager, we're good to go. No. Like all the points that you made is why you need to stay involved with it. Yes, you don't need to do the day-to-day grind, all these things that you used to do. Um, you don't need to answer the phone for, you know, a clogged toilet or shit like that. There's uh, so many things that you can do for that. But that doesn't mean that you don't pay attention to your market, that you don't pay attention to your investments, that you don't pay attention to how are your properties actually performing 
overall. You need to be, how many people have we spoken to that they hadn't increased their rent in years that you're looking at it, it's like, how the hell are you still surviving with the inflation that we're having and you're not increasing your rents? You understand? Because they're self-managing, they had their properties, and now all of a sudden it's been deteriorating, and they haven't been raising the rents, they haven't been keeping up with it. Now they got to let go of these properties because they did it way too passive. Yeah. You know, so it's like, well, the we point that is that- all the time. Exactly. So the point is that even passive investing is not 100% passive you still need to be involved. Uh, one point that I definitely disagreed with is you go to a financial planner. I think that's the worst thing you do. You should never go to a financial planner. Most of those people are more broke than you are. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you're going to be investing in well, the market gotta, or anything find, like that, you got to find the you gotta right be educated. planners that can But you got to be that. educated. You do. It's like you, the same thing as a yeah. CPA. You got to have a 30,000 foot view. Like, you exactly. can't go to a financial planner and just be like, just invest it. No, you but can't what go I'm saying broad. is like you saying go to a financial plan. You need to specify so the people listening understand that's like you don't just go to a financial planner. You don't just go to a CPA, a real estate attorney. You need to understand this first. Yeah. You need to understand tax law. You need to understand real estate, real estate tax law. You need to understand, you know, if you're going to go to a financial planner, what do you want to be invested in? Do you want them to put you in a mutual fund or do you want to be in index funds? Do you want to be in growth caps? Do you want to be in foreign stocks? If you none of those things make sense to you, the financial planner could sell you complete dog shit and you won't know. And then all of a sudden, what you thought was going to be a financial future for you, all of a sudden went tanked as soon as something happened. So that is the point of this, is that what does financial freedom look like after you've reached financial freedom? It looks like something that you got to keep maintaining. You got to keep an eye on. You got to keep educating yourself. You, yes, you don't have to do the, day gr the daily grind on it, but you have to know what is the market doing. I think doing. it's anybody that achieves it themselves is going to naturally have that mindset anyways. That's like, I don't think, I, I mean, I think, I, I'm going to say there's nobody out you there. You would I'm hope. Sure there's somebody. Yeah. But as somebody like, if you grinded your way to financial freedom, acquiring assets, working, educating, like you're not going to be somebody that's just going to be like, I was going hundred miles an hour and then just zeroed out, tired on the beach and disappeared. And it's one of the things that might actually work just fine for your lifestyle though. Or it's like, Who knows? It, yeah. it, Hey, it, it lasts you 40, 50, 60 years, but you're not going to, I think you're not going to have anything for the kids after that, because what is that thing? Like it, when wealth is created, it's squandered by the third generation. Yeah. Usually. So, so our, Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree. I mean, it, that generational thing, and this is, you know, we're not talking about generations because that goes into parenting and how you parent your kids of whether that money's going to last or not. Uh, but that being said, like, I think that was, that was really the point that I was trying to get to yeah. is get to a point where like, guys, you know, you might reach financial freedom sooner rather than later because you, your living expenses were really low, right? Your living expenses were so low that you hit that financial freedom, like, so quickly. You had a few properties, you hit it well, boom, you're cash flowing, takes care of your expenses, and then some, you're free. Okay, but you're not free, right? Like, you're free as long as you keep an eye on Tony it. Tony Robbins talked about that in his book, I think, uh, about that book on money. I think mm -hmm. it was just called Money, right? Money. Master of the game. Master of the game. And, yep. but uh, he gave levels of financial freedom to where it's like he didn't call it like financial freedom like there's a step before like financial independence mm. that's where it's like hey you were independent from you didn't need to work but you still weren't free yeah because like freedom i think it was when you generated so much in excess that it's like it built for that contingency of things going wrong to where it's like 
the independent aspect is where your liabilities meet your um, assets and the cash flow coming off of it. Like, but you're not making any extra money to grow beyond that. Yeah. So I think like the financial freedom is when it's like, no, you have so much extra that you're like, where these people were like, we don't know what to do now. So obviously they reached the financial independence where they crossed over that threshold a while ago. So now they have um, the position that they're in now where it's like, well, what, what's next? What do we want to do? How right. does that work? 